0: Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. We've been busy with a sermon series called DNA, Who We Are. And we've been speaking through some series about our core values as a church. And if you're here for the first time, what a great weekend or sermon series is to join us to know who we are as a family. And sometimes you can you can see a church, you can see their name, and you can see what they do, and ev- all those other amazing things. But but who a church really is is what values they live. You see, that's very important. What values do we live? You can have values, but you can never do the values. So what I usually do is I jot our values down, and I would draw lines to say, okay, we've got a value to be compassionate. What do we do? We have waymakers. We have a value to grow um, and to disciple. We've got kids' church. We've got men's groups. And it's very important for us to know exactly that we are actually living our values. Now last week, or not last week, the week before last week, this is week three, we've been busy with a sermon series called DNA, looking at our core values. And we call it DNA because that is what DNA is. It's a chemical in our body that, that has all the important things for you to reproduce, to make you exactly who you are. All the information is in DNA that, that is who you are. And that's why we wanted to call it DNA. Now about two years ago, just almost two years ago, in May this year, um KLC Stalamos will be two years old. And we've planted a church out of our strand congregation. um, And since then, we've planted Malmesbury, Durbanville. Now we're taking over and, and helping a church in Hermanus to become part of our KLC network. And we're not here to build churches or to build a network. We're here to reach people and to love them. And if God wants to build it around churches and networks, and that's fine. That's amazing. But we want to reach the next generation. We want to reach people, the older generation, the middle generation, the young generation. We want God to have an impact on people's lives. I always say we love God and we love people. And that's a, that's, it can't be the other way around. We love God and because we love God, His love compels us to love others. That is, it's just it's, this click. This Now, about two years ago, when we planted this church, I prayed about it, and I'm going to go through every week, and I'm going to give you a two-minute thing about why we planted this church and what we did and what our values are. So if you hear every Sunday, you're going to hear that every Sunday, but that's okay. Um, It's by repetition that you actually remember things. But two years ago, I sat with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I want to plant. You're calling us to plant this church, but I don't want to plant a church if you don't give me Scripture and give me direction and alignment. If I don't have that, then I'm just playing church. I don't want to play church. I want to have scripture. So God gave us this scripture. Um, one of the two scriptures, and I'll get to the other one later. He gave us this scripture in the New King James Version. It says, in him was life, John 1, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not understand the light. Isn't that powerful? And out of that scripture, God gave us three Pillars that will flow out out to six um, values. Now, three pillars was life, light, and ignite. I always say, if you find Afrikaans word for ignite, then please let me know, because it's life, light, ignite, lewer lich, and ignite. (laughs) Because we can't, we don't have a word for ignite in Afrikaans, but you understand what it is. And we're going to dive into ignite as weeks to come. Now, out of the three pillars, we have values that comes out of life. What does life give? It activates our identity and our authority in Christ. And then it brings transformation based on who? On His grace and His love for us. No law, no performance. Because so many times Christians want to perform and and do, do, do to get closer to God when Jesus did everything and He gave us grace and life. And that's why we say we, 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 we want to bring as it just bring transformation to people based on His grace and His love for others. Then light. Light, the two values that flows from light is empower and build. And it stands for the following, to empower the saints, us, to reach the lost with the gospel of Christ and to take risk to reach the world around us. See, God has created us with something that we want to give. And we're going to look at that more today. And then building a compassion culture that touches a town, touches a nation, touches the world. When Jesus went and he saw a leper, what did he do? He touched the leper to the amazement of people. And I, wanted to, I want us to grow as a church who touched our town. And we're, gonna, we're about to start a ministry called Touch. Where we go out on Friday nights or Saturday mornings and we pray for people. And we trust God for miracles and signs and wonders because that's Jesus' heart. And we've done it with young people for 15 years, and it's incredible how it grows your faith when you see God do supernatural, amazing things. And then the last one is ignite, is to worship and equip. One night, uh, Salome was praying, and God gave a, a verse that says, I want you to change the atmosphere of Stellenbosch through worship. And that's the impact that worship has. And although we only have one member in our band and sometimes two members, we know that God has called our church to have an impact in this town through worship and through people's lives. So we want to we're dreaming about a worship school. We're dreaming about training up young musicians to go out as missionaries to touch places with worship. And that's how powerful worship is. And then equipped so to ignite change in the atmosphere of Stellenbosch through worship, but not just Stellenbosch, the country. The region, and then to equip others to grow in their relationship with God, because that's why church is there. It's Ephesians 4:11 and 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, but then also to disciple, to help them to disciple others, and then to minister as we grow, to start small groups, to start men's groups, women's groups, and may make an impact in our lives. Now today we're going to look at this, the second pillar called light, and and out of the light two Values flows out of that, and the first one is to empower, to empower. Now, there's so many things I can say about empower, but I want to focus today on light, on light. See, light has the ingredient, it has got the ingredient to empower us to reach out and take risk and to have an impact on others. Do you know that? No, maybe it doesn't, but let me explain. Now, I like, I love light, if you look at light. It's amazing. Now, when we were young, and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, we had a game called Dark Room or Donker Kamerke. Some of you would know. Maybe I'm, my, my kids does not know that yet. They'll probably get there. But we played Donker Kamerke or Dark Room where you um, put on the light, and one guy's on. He waits outside the room. You put on the light, and then you hide all over the room. And then somebody risks his life, switches the light, and they have to go back to that place where you can see nothing. So when you enter the, 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 the guy or the girl who's on into the room, you can't even see your f- hand before your face is dark, so you have to find them in the dark. It's an awesome game. It kept us busy for, for hours, fell out of the closet from top, broke the bed, broke the cupboard. I mean, it was crazy. My mom and dad were like, please don't play that game again. And then next week, we just play the game again. We were four children, and we had a lot of time to, <laughs> to do all kinds of things. But the amazing thing for me playing that game was one thing. It can be pitch dark in that room and when my mom come in and switch that light on, immediately there's light. Immediately there's a change. The darkness, what happened to that? The darkness is gone immediately. With a flick of a switch. Now when I was a boy, I was intrigued by the speed of light. I don't know if you the, the right stuff. All those movies that they made. I was intrigued by the speed of light. Why? Because you could fly around the earth at the speed of light seven and a half times in one second. Isn't that amazing? I want to move with the speed of light, be in a jet. I mean, that's all boys are dreaming the same things. But see, if you grasp the true power of light, it's then that you realize that there is no comparison between light and darkness. Light always wins. Always No matter how dark the situation is, if you dark the room you walk into, if you have a little bit of light, it immediately penetrates the darkness. The darkness cannot comprehend it. It cannot withstand light. There is something powerful about light that we can't miss. Now I remember the story that I read about a Navy SEAL team who went all over. And there was one thing about the story that really got to me. The Navy SEAL team went into this dark rainforest and they had to extract someone and and it's all this this what movies are made of. And they were in this thing and I'm, man, I should maybe just use my, is this bothering you? Is it okay? Okay. And they were going into this rainforest and they had to be extracted by a chopper in the middle of the night and the chopper was coming in but it was pitch dark. You could cut the darkness with a knife, as the book said, and, and he was flying in. And the, the bad thing about it, it was overcast, so there was no moon. And because of there was no moon, it was overcast, the pilot only had to rely on his instruments. He couldn't see anything around him. And because it's a, it's a secret mission, he had to go in and go out. There's no lights, there's no nothing. He had to fly in. But the problem was, because it was overcast and there was no moonlight, he couldn't see where to land. And so they were standing in this patch in the rainforest about an opening as, as small as well, probably a little bit bigger as this, and if the chopper land there, he had probably had two meters on each side of the rotors to land that thing, precisely. I mean, he needed precision to land that thing, but he couldn't see, so he was hovering around, and the team was standing in his clear, and they knew the chopper is here, and if they don't get this extracted now, they're going to be in trouble. So one of the guys had a Zippo lighter. And he went and stood right in the middle of the the field and he flicked that lighter. And because of one little flame, a massive chopper could land right in the middle. See, that's the power of light when you bring light into darkness. Now, unfortunately, the world is getting darker. And I'm I'm not making an ESCOM joke because I know we had a dark (laughs) week. I know we had a bit of issues and... (laughs) But if you look at what the stuff that's happening around our world, if you look at the greed, the dishonesty, the unrighteousness, the anger, the immorality, the, the, the murder that we face on a weekly basis, it is, it is bad to know that darkness is getting more. And now we're facing a virus worldwide called COVID-19 that, that, that brings so much unsurety, fear into the world. See, darkness is advancing and pushing against this light. And I see more darkness every day I go about. And I see people struggling and people suffering. But see, we can stand before God and ask Him, Lord, why? How can we, how can we do this? How can we fight this? Lord, give us the answer to this darkness in the world. But you know what? God has already gave us the answer. He's already gave us the answer when He created earth on day one. Remember the words that God used. If you go to Genesis one verse one, the earth was dark and void, and God came. and The spirit hovered over the earth, and God said, first words He said, "Let there be freedom." No, no, He didn't say He said, "Let there be hope." No, He didn't. He said, "Let there be light." Let there be light. There was darkness. First words, God comes and said, "Let there be light." Light. See, God's response to darkness in that moment was to turn on the light. It's always for me, it reminds me that there's so much of God that is light. Darkness is no thing with God. And when he comes and he saw the darkness, the first thing God said, he said, let there be light. Let there be light. Let me change the first thing into light. Now, thousands of years later on a dark starry night in Bethlehem again, God spoke into the darkness by sending His son, Jesus. And then 30 years later, 30 years later, Jesus started his ministry. He said the following. John 8, 12. He says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I love that. But have the light of life. is John 1. You will not have darkness, but have the light of life. That means that our lives have to shine a light. You see, Jesus came to earth not just to free us from the yoke of sin and slavery, but to shine a light on one of the greatest mysteries, till then not known. There was a great mystery on on earth when Jesus came that people didn't know about yet. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear a good secret, <laughs> I struggle. I'm not, I'm, I love to hear secrets. I can keep a good secret, though. But I love to know, what is your secret? <laughs> I'm very curious. But before Jesus came to earth, the human population didn't know who they were created to be. They didn't know. Why? Because they couldn't see. I'm talking spiritually. I know people could see. But spiritually, there was something that was void. Until Jesus came. And listen to what Paul says in Colossians. And this is, oh, sorry, I missed this. Look at the definition of light. It's the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Makes things visible. We want to make things visible in our lives. Especially spiritually. Now look at what Paul said in Colossians 1 verse 26 and 27. And that's my my core scripture for this morning. It says, The message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches of the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you christ lives in you this gives you assurance of sharing his glory assurance of sharing his glory see jesus came to earth not only to pay the debt of our sins but also to help us see what we couldn't see why because of darkness spiritually now if you look at the king james version there it says god in us the hope of glory God in us, the hope of glory. Not God out of us, God around us. God in us, the hope of glory. Now the reason it was a secret was because there was no light to shine in the darkness. You see, when Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, darkness took over. And Jesus had to come and he had to restore the covenant that he made with Adam that was lost because of sin, and in that moment when covenant was being restored through Jesus, through the cross and through the grave, the light started shining. He came with the light. Now, when Jesus was born and His ministry started, people started to see the truth that was hidden for so long. That's why Paul called it a secret. There was a truth hidden in the Christ. Now, let's uh, let's just backtrack before Jesus. Before the time of Jesus, if you look at King David, what King David said, and if you um, read his Psalms that he wrote, you go to Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. And I love how David wrote the Psalms, and we know that he is a man of intimacy, knowing God. He says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Make his face to shine upon us so that our ways may be known. Now, there's a few things that stand out with this passage. This amazing amazing psalm that David wrote. David wrote something very significant here. Especially if you look at the time when David wrote the psalm. This was in the Old Testament. This was long before Jesus. Now, during the Old Testament times, it wasn't normal for anybody to ask God to come and show his presence to them. No ways. Not even to shine His face upon them. People were scared of God. They were scared. Well, because they remember the Israelites in the desert, how God killed them all the time. When they were just did something wrong, they were dead. They were scared. They were fearful of God. You see, their prayers were more focused on God. Please don't show us your glory. Please don't show us your, your shine your face on us. Please just show us how we can escape your wrath. That was their praise, But still, David writes in this verse, in this psalm, he writes, Lord, please shine your face on me. While people were scared of the presence, David was running after the presence. You see, David understood something that others were missing. They were definitely, yeah, a young shepherd in the field found God. He found a missing secret, something that he found his identity on. And that's why he is known as a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he knew God's heart. He knew God's heart. He knew the light that would shine in the darkness. See, David said, Lord, let your goodness, let your light shine on me so that people will see your goodness. Make your face shine on me so that I can shine for others. What is he doing? What did David do in this moment? See, David knew that when people saw the goodness of God on him, they would turn to God. That's why I think that's why David wasn't afraid of Goliath. He said, Lord, ah, this is a great moment where people can see your goodness. Let me defeat that thing, that man. You see, so many Christians are still waiting for God to show up and touch others. And we pray that said, Lord, will you come and save all these people? Will you come and touch all these people? And we pray about it. But you know what? God is waiting on us. He's waiting on us to go out and make a change. He's waiting on us to go out and shine our light. He's waiting on us because he has given us so much through Jesus. He has all we need. And we have all we've been given all we need. To make an impact on others. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5. Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16. Now remember, Jesus came to earth to be the light of the world. Remember that. Here he says, he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's an awesome scripture, isn't it? So many sermons been preached on this sermon and just these two scriptures. But if you read the Old Testament, it is filled with prophecies of Jesus. Jesus, the light, coming to earth and be the light for us. That's right, isn't it? He came, the light came to earth, shine in the darkness. But in the book of Matthew, Jesus himself turned the tables, and he says, now I'm telling you, be the light. You be the light. Shine your light for others, so that they may see. Now what does this mean? If you look at the Old Testament, we see the following. And this was quite a revelation for me, if you think about this. God was the light, and in him, sh- and he shined his light and his presence on people as they reflected. Now, we all know that a mirror reflects light as long as the mirror is in light. Am I right? As long as the mirror is kept in light, it reflects the light. But if I move out of the light, what happens? There's no reflection. And that's exactly what happened in the Old Testament. People moved into the presence of God. They reflected God. Remember Moses when he came down the mountain with the the Ten Commandments? His face shined with the glory of God. Did it continue to shine? No. It disappeared after a day or two. You see, David went into the presence of God. They came into the presence of God. They shined of the glory of God. But when they moved out of the presence of God, the glory disappeared. But see, at the cross, the light shifted from Jesus to us, to his sons. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So, where we had to come into the presence of God to experience and light up with the presence of God, now Jesus said, I give you authority. All authority in heaven and earth I give to you. Matthew 28. Now we need to shine permanently for Him. He shines through us, actually. We are a a permanent vessel of God's light to shine through. We don't have to come into the presence to experience God. We are in the presence of God every moment of every day. And now, because of that, we need to be the light to the world. We need to be the light to the world. Do I need, I need to take my Bible, stand in the street corner, wave it and shout at people? No. I can go to my work and I can speak. I can be who I am. I can shine my light by the values I carry, the way I speak, the love I show to others, how I give to others. So what it means is that wherever we go, the light is shining from us. We need to remind ourselves that whenever I get in my car, I drive to town, when I'm in checkers, I'm drawing money, if I'm with friends, if I'm at a rugby game, wherever I am, God's light is shining from me. That's what Jesus said in in Matthew 5. See, in the Old Testament, if you move out of the light, you moved out of the presence. If If you moved out of the presence, you moved out of the light. And you couldn't reflect Him anymore. But in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, everywhere we go, Whatever we do, His light shines through us. We can have the worst day of our lives. Guess what? His light still shines through us. It still has an impact on people around us. And because of that, darkness has no power over us. It's not supposed to have a powerful impact on you. Because the light shines through you. Sometimes we just place ourselves under a lid. I want to hide myself. I don't want to step out. And I place myself on lid, living. That's why Jesus said, don't put a lamp, you put a lamp on a lampstand. You do life. And you trust God to shine His light from your life. And because of that, because of the secret that Jesus came and said, I'm the light, I come to the world, but now I'm, I'm going to the cross to pay for your sins and your guilt and your, and your shame, and then I'm going to free you and make you the light of the world so that you can do what I have done. That's why the Scripture says, greater things you will do than I have done. I give you all authority in heaven and earth, Matthew 28. Shine the light that I have shined. That people have seen through my life. They saw signs wonders, as miracles. They saw me love people who, who are not supposed to be loved. I had lunch with people. I'm not supposed to have lunch. But Jesus had to shine his light. He said, I'm shifting the light from me to you so that I can shine through you and release my authority on earth. And if we as a church catch this revelation, we will see situations around us change. We will we will see situations around us change. And if you go back to our first value to activate God, in our moment of salvation, in a moment when you encounter Him, He activates something in our lives. He switches on the God light in us so that we have an impact on people around us. Look at the second scripture that God gave me when we planted this church. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 2. And I know Therese, you guys painted that amazing Amazing, uh, one of my favorite portraits, what do you call it? A portrait uh, painting, there we go. A painting of a crowd of people walking into heaven. And it says, and, and actually Isaiah wrote this for the the, the city, Jerusalem. But it is a prophetic word for every one of us. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. Now, when there's a kumapunt, sorry for my Afrikaans. When there's a kumapunt, it says, I'm going to tell and explain to you what Arise and Shine means. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen on you. Isn't that powerful? See, if you look at it from this perspective of God shining through us as a light, then this scripture suddenly makes sense. That God says, you need to arise, you need to shine. Make your light shine to others. And then He says, the Lord will arise over you every moment when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you go to work, when you go to town, when you have a bad day, when you have a good day, He will shine and rise over you and His glory will be seen upon you. But He doesn't feel like it. I know. Because God is not a God who's been shifted by emotions, but by the Spirit. That's why we can't afford our emotions to play with us. That's why we have to change our mindset to say, Lord, I'm more than an, over- I'm an overcomer, more, more than a conqueror in Jesus. And if people will get to this thing, we will see more hope in a generation that we are living in. We will get this when, uh, when we get this. Hope will be In our society, you will see people with more hope when they realize that I am a light bringer. I'm a light bringer. I need to go to friends where darkness is surrounding them and I need to bring the light. Sometimes it's just giving them a hug, bringing them a meal, giving them a WhatsApp or a message that says, man, I've been thinking of you and I've been praying for you and here's a scripture for you today. I've been thinking about, can we have a coffee? Sometimes moments like that bring light into darkness where people are struggling through some stuff in their lives and that moment brings hope. So many times in my life where I, God reminds me about someone and He keeps on reminding me about someone and I pick up my phone and sometimes I call them and said, man, I've been thinking about you for two days, how are you? And they will say, Henny, I've been having the toughest two days of my life. Say, well, then there's a reason I'm calling you. Let me pray for you now. And then after I prayed, they would go like this. Wow, thank you, Henny. That was was such a moment. Thank you for the encouragement. You see, that's when light comes into darkness and penetrates the stuff that we face with the impossibility of God. I remember when I, um, I told this testimony before, I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite uh, I, I really love cycling. I love mountain biking, and I've been um, in, involved in mountain biking for probably, what is it, almost 12 years, and it's been a long, up the, but I was a professional runner before I went into ministry, and we did sport ministries all over the country with super rugby guys, and the Bokka, and all these, and so I was always involved with sports, so, but, but before I retired as a professional runner, I always wanted to mountain bike, but I couldn't, because if I jump over a, something and I fell, then, then my career is gone. So I couldn't afford to do stupid things. So the day when I retired, man, I trusted God. I said, Lord, I trust you for a mountain bike. And then two weeks into it, somebody called me out of the blue and said, Listen, we want to bless you with something. What do you need? Yes, mountain bike. There's my first bike. And I started mountain biking. And I remember I, I organized, all the men will say amen, I organized my, my um um, my faluving, what do you call it? My um, my engagement around a mountain bike race. So my wife's still having to get my wife's still having to get uh, sozo for all those things. But I had to organize that, and, and then she had to literally pick me up because I thought I was dying after 50 kilometers, and I never knew it was so tough. And and then I went into this mountain bike thing, and then. I had this bike that somebody gave me, and I wanted to upgrade to the bigger wheels and the bigger things, you know. Like computers, upgrade. Bicycles also upgrade, and I was moaning with the Lord. Said, "Lord, I want this bicycle, man." And then one day, I think the Lord was just fed up with me and said, Henny, but if you want to um, get a new bicycle, why don't you sow your old one? Because you have to have seed in the ground." And I said, "Lord, I didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> that you sure you spoke to me?" And then God just nailed me three weeks in a row. Just reminded me, and he, won't you give your bike? And I knew exactly who God spoke about. And, and then one day I just couldn't take it more. I had to be obedient. I load the car and, a, and a, the bike in a car, and I took it to my friend. And I gave him the bike, and I drove home. And I realized, like, Lord, I don't have a bike anymore. How am I going to train? You know, how am I going to just find myself in nature? You know, <laughs> I had all the right reasons of being uh, being really sad. And then I just thought, and God said, "Why well, won't you, in faith?" start looking for a bike. I said, man, I can do that. I love window shopping. That's one of my qualities that my wife loves. I love window shopping, and I love doing all those things. So I went on the Internet with a mission to find my new bike. And I was, and as I mean, as the Lord wants it, within the first two minutes, I found this perfect bike on the Internet, this perfect. And I immediately texted the guy, it's a second-hand bike, on a bike uh, website, and I texted this guy in Maritzburg, said, man, I want your bike. He said, sure, man, nobody has inquired about it, you can have it. I said, I'll take it, thank you. Um, but can you just give me like two, three weeks, I'm just having, waiting for money to be released, you know, because I had nothing. <laughs> I have to trust God now, I have to have faith for this bike. And, um, and I mean, I was in faith, and I prayed, and yeah, Lord, you're going to give me this bike, I can't wait to ride this thing. After a week, there was nothing. After two weeks, there was still nothing, and I was praying, I said, Lord, don't you love me, and don't you love, Lord, I gave you, I gave this bike, I sowed it, Lord, don't you see the seed that I've sown?" and amen, and I think the Lord just had fun with me, you know, (laughs) he just loved me in this process, and after week three, I realized, man, tomorrow, this guy's been texting me, he's like, listen, do you still want the bike, Uh, where's the money, you know, where's this, and I said to him, man, yeah, it's, the money is not being released as soon as I thought it's going to be released. And maybe you should just let the bike go. Maybe this is not my bike, you know, very spiritually. This is not my bike. And uh, he said, yeah, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear. I said, but listen, I'll let you know when it comes through, maybe you still have the bike. And I was like, man, Lord, maybe I'm, I'm not supposed to do to, to, to mountain biking. And after about a week, I got really anxious about this. And I thought, man, maybe the Lord wants me to go. And take a loan with FMB, you know. And if I have the loan, maybe through that the Lord will supply the, 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 the payment every month. You know. I had myself in, in a hold. I was trying to figure this thing out. So I went to the bank. Or I applied online. And, uh, and I thought, no, no problem. I've got my salary is fine, everything. And a message came through. Sorry, the loan was not approved. And I thought, my. And I called the bank said, why is this not? I said, Yeah oh, sir, this is weird. But just apply again and I applied again. After the fourth time applying online, the loan not being approved, I was fed up. And you know when you get fed up with some stuff? You get in your car, and you drove to FNB. and I said to the lady who was supposed to help me, um, and I, I still remember her name to this day, and I, I was on a mission. I'm going to tell her exactly what I think about this bank, and about the money, and about all these things, and I was fired up, and I sat there, came there, and I sat with her, and she was, I could see some, she was not, Something was not on that day because her face was, she looked very sad. And I sat there I said, listen, can you figure out what's happening? I said, don't worry, sir, let's apply again. So she applied again online. And she said, uh, while she was applying, lovely lady, she said, sir, this has never happened. I've seen people with less salaries that you have that, that actually <laughs> that, that get huge, much, much bigger loans than this. And I said, well, don't worry, it's going to happen now. I've got faith, it's going to happen. And she took in the loan and said, it's only going to take three minutes and three minutes. And she was blowing her nose and she was definitely sick or something. And I was like, man, from all days, you need to be sharp. You can't be sick today. You need to be sharp. You need to get this loan through. I mean, don't don't waste my time again today. You know, I was worked up. And uh, again, three minutes afterwards, the computer, she showed me red screen, sorry, loan, not through. I mean, they don't want to give me a loan. I was like, mm, I want to break the chair. And suddenly the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, Henny, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I said, Lord, yes, I'm seeing you not giving me a loan here. What's <laughs> happening? He said, No, Henny, you're not seeing it. Won't you pray for the lady in front of you? And I thought, Lord, I'm here for a loan. I'm not here to pray for, I can pray later, can you just give me the loan and then I'll pray for her. And I, that was my attitude to me, I'll just be honest with you, I was over it. And then I realized suddenly the light moment came, and I realized I'm not shining my light in the darkness. And I said, you know, I remember her name was Jabalili, I said, Jabalili, why don't you just just shift this side, and I went and said, are you okay, you don't look well. I said, oh man, I've, I'm so sick. I've been sick for two days. I can't afford to take leave because all my leave is gone and, and I can't see my ear, my, my eyes are teary. I I'm, I'm feel so bad. I've got a headache. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to help you. I'm so sorry, sir. She was getting tired, teary. And I thought, don't worry. Can I pray with you? And, and she said, yes, you can. I said, aren't you mad? <laughs> I said, yeah, don't worry about that. And I prayed for her and I took her hands and I said, Father, thank you for a moment like this. Thank you that you can shine your light in this moment of darkness. And I just want to command every sickness in Jabalili's body Her nose go open. I just had a a really awesome prayer. And I remember this till this day. When when I opened my eyes, she was sitting with this big eyes looking at me. So she said to me, what did you do? (laughs) I said, I didn't do anything, but, but it looks like Jesus did something. And God healed her instantly. Instantly. In one moment, God healed her. Like she, she said, Look, I can breathe through my nose. My, my eyes are not teary anymore. She was up and down. She was like, Man, let's try again for the loan. I said, Don't worry. I'm done with that. I came here, what I had to do. I was looking at the wrong thing. And I was driving home, and I was teary, and my, I was crying almost. And I said, Lord, why? I'm so sorry. I almost missed that. I'm so sorry that I missed that that moment where I could shine my light in a place of darkness where you actually wanted me in. But because of my emotions and my needs and my things and my stuff, I placed a lid over my light. And I I stopped at home and I was joyous. I didn't worry about my bike anymore. But two weeks after that, God gave me two more weeks, (laughs) a friend called me and said, Henny, I've been, I've been disobedient for two months. God spoke to me two months uh, 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 two months ago, to give you a certain amount, and I've been disobedient and I've been playing with God and I've been up and down. I said, but I want to just, can I just pay it over in your account? I said, sure. How much? Exactly the amount of the bicycle, exactly to the number. I immediately, I mean, I threw that phone down. I called the guy for the for the bike I said dude you still have the bike I said man you won't believe it nobody inquired about this bike I still have it it's yours I said man I'm paying right now and that was the third there was the second bike God gave me and I'm at bike number four that 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 God has given me supernaturally and it's not because I'm good it's because he is good sometimes we place our stuff in front of God and we miss the things that God really want to do in our lives you see, it works like that. We look up, we look in, and we look out. We look up and we receive life from Him. But then we look in and we, we, we receive transformation and change in our lives. But then we need to look out, take risk to reach others, to have an impact on others. Otherwise, you, you become an obese Christian, <laughs> That's maybe a bad uh, illustration, but you know what an obese Christian is? That's an overweight Christian, spiritually. It's like the Dead Sea is dead because they only have one inflow and no outflow. When we receive and never give, we, we become passive for Jesus. And that's why we need to look up. We need to receive life. We need to look in where we receive transformation and change in our lives. But then we need to look out. We need to reach out to others to have an impact on their lives. And that's what God has called us as a church to be. Not to go and preach on the street corners. Yes, if you want to do great. But to reach out to your friends, your family, to your neighbors, to your business partner, whoever, through the love of Christ, with the light that shines through your life. You see, it always benefits us to reach out to others, to take that risk sometimes. I remember I was at BP one day. I was late for a meeting. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. But I need to tell you this. I was at BP, and I was racing into, uh, down Dorp Street, and I had to go to Somerset West. I was late, and I, th- I know if I, if I don't go now, I'm going to be late, but my car's empty. So I raced into BP just to, to just do a few rands of petrol, just to make it there and back, and and as I was doing the petrol, there was a guy stumbling around my car. like He was filling up the car, and then he's like this around. And I thought, that's weird. What's wrong with him? And God said to me, why don't you pray for him? And I said, again, God, I'm a bit late. Um, but okay. And I rolled my window down. Listen, listen. I rolled my window. It's like, hey, sh- come here. Come here quickly. I said, what's wrong with you? Oh, no, my, my foot is, is biased. He spoke Afrikaans. My foot is biased here. I said, can I pray with you quickly? And he looked at me, yeah, okay. And I literally took my hand out of the window and I just placed it there on his foot. He said, just bring your foot closer. And I said, like, in Jesus' name be healed. Literally like that. And I said, okay, run around the car, test it. And he went like this. And he started running around my car. And he's like, yo, 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 yo. Say said, okay, come, come, come. Finish the petrol. Here's the money I need to go. and I was racing to Somerset West tears flowing down my face Lord why don't we do this more why don't I do this more if you look at the story of Esther she was in a life threatening position in her life where she had to plead at the king she was queen she had to plead at the king for her nation we all know the story and Haman her not Haman um, her uncle Mordecai there we go thank you for my, my, my mere uh, Mordecai, he said the following, and I love this. He says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. But then he says this. He says, who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this? Who would know that maybe you were made business owner of that business for such a time as this? Who would know that you would move into a couple next to you, next door, in a time that they're going through just as this? You see, sometimes play God places us in momentums and positions and places in our lives for a time like this where you can make an impact through just the light of Jesus shining through you. We are ambassadors of hope in this generation. We are called To be an ambassador of hope. That means that I live here, but I'm not from here. I'm from a place who brings hope and life and light into every dark situation. Every dark situation. It's time for His light to shine through us so that people can see the goodness of God around us. Did you hear that? It is time for us. It's time for, for His light to shine through us. Through us. So that people can see the goodness of God around us. I prayed that for us. I prayed that every morning. I said, Father, may people see your goodness around me. Although I have a bad day or an off day, all of us have those days. But may people still see the goodness of God around me. No matter where I go. Not to tell me, you're blessed, you have all those nice things. No, no, it's not the things that make me blessed. It's the King that makes me blessed. I'm not living, living for the things in my life. I'm living for the giver of the things. That's where my true love lies. God has called us to shine our light. And not just shine our light. He wants to empower us with His light that shines through us. Jesus came to earth. He was the light. He went to the cross and through the grave to give us authority to say, now you are going to do greater things than I have done. That means that you become the light that I have brought to earth. Now shine it. Shine it. That means you have to take risk, put your hand out of the window, pray for a guy and race off, but see a miracle. I can tell you many miracles like that. Where afterwards I said, oh, Father, you are so good. I want to encourage you this morning. Where the enemy comes and tells you, oh, you're just a plain lichy there in a the corner. But it's a small light that still penetrates darkness. This is a small light that becomes a big light. It's one match that ignites other matches. That ignites others. That creates a bonfire. We all need just one light through your life, that can change a generation. Can you stand with me, and I want to pray with us. Thank you, Father, that that we know that you've called us for so much more, Father. Father, that you've called us for a time like this, like you've called Esther. And Father, I pray that that. Holy Spirit, that you will help to remind us every day that we, not, we, that we should not miss the moments where we can shine our light, where we can just take a meal or give a hug or, or encourage someone from a place of grace and love, not from a place of why are you not obedient, but from a place of having the grace of the Father that changes others. Father, I pray for every heart here this morning every heart that feels that oh, I don't think I can make a difference, that you will expose that this morning Said yes, you can. Yes, you can make a small difference. And the small difference will become a mighty difference in the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that you stir something in our hearts this morning, although we are a small church, but that you've called us to reach out to so many, to make an impact on people who's hungry for your word and and need to see your light in a dark time. Lord, I thank you that we, we will see your light come in every area of our lives. Every one of you that, that's here this morning, if you're struggling through a financial crisis, if you're struggling through a relational crisis, a relationship crisis, if you're struggling through a crisis at your, at your, at your business that you're owning or running, I wanna pray for you this morning, specifically that three people, three three situations, financial, relational, business. I wanna pray and I feel that God says He wanna bring a change. He wanna bring a shift into your into your life by switching on his light or taking that container off so that your light starts shining. And if you like that, won't you either stretch your hands out, put your hand on your heart, just by a shout, said, "Lord, this is me. This is me." Father, I pray this morning for every heart that is open and transparent this morning. Father, thank you. It's not about us. It's all about you, Father. It's all about what you do, and Lord, you're about to bring breakthrough. I can hear that so, so clearly this morning. This is a moment of breakthrough. In this week, two weeks, three weeks to come, we will see and hear testimonies of mighty breakthrough that will come into your life and break through the darkness so that the light will shine and that the darkness will never again penetrate or come close to the light. And Father, I pray that you touch everyone here this morning who's, who's, who's got a hard cry for that, to fix relationships, to mend their business, to bring a financial breakthrough that they've been praying for. And Father, for those of us sitting here, to be obedient when God says, bless, give, go, so that we will be obedient to take the light and make a difference. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstallenbosch.co.za.